so I had all, basically no, I've had no opinion really on the Spice Girls for most of my life. <laughs> and then less than a month ago, I watched some uh, like rewind. It, it was like a, a rewind explainer lord, I don't know, vid of talking about the Spice Girls movie. And in doing that, they did a quick rundown of, of uh, the Spice Girls in general. And one, I had no idea that they only really existed for like two years, which made that rundown really quick. Like they went from no one's ever heard of them to doing that movie within just a couple of years. Wow. And while my personal opinion is not like super important necessarily, it conti- it was a it was a whirlwind going through the Spice Girls history. Because at first it's like the Spice Girls were uh, like a corporate band where they just put out a thing and tried to get some people and do a like a boy band, but with girls, a girl band. So I'm like, oh, boo, corporate band. And then <laughs> once before they have any kind of big success, all the girls, the Spice Girls, uh, since they never, they didn't put them under contract because they were trying to like intentionally keep them scared and working hard. Cause it's like, oh, you got no guaranteed money. Huh? Like they put them all in a house for a couple months and like figure out how to be a fucking pop band. And uh, after a bit of dealing with that, the girls were like, you know, F this. We don't actually need these people, so we're just going <laughs> to leave and make our own. And they just kind of started doing stuff on their own. So they were formed for corporate reasons, but they were all just like working class, trying like the kind of people who would respond to an ad in the paper, like, who That's wants awesome. to be a star? <laughs> and then they got a little bit of control over their own thing. And the, my opinion goes back up. Oh. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Good for them. Spice World. Spice World itself, I just think, is pretty funny. I saw it with zero context when I was maybe 14. <laughs> I, I vaguely remember my sister renting it from Blockbuster Video. They were a massive, like, such a freaking big deal for, like, one year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and people still love the Spice Girls. I mean, they had their reunion tour. I'm pretty sure that sold pretty well. But <laughs> it's just strange. It's like, imagine if Metallica was really big for one year and they're just gone. <laughs> I mean, in in my experience, that's true of Metallica. <laughs> what year was it? Like 1993? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I was three years old. That was like the year. That was the year of Metallica. Or I mean, when I was 83 years old. <laughs> 83, yes. That's right. You are now a ripe, what, yeah. one? I'm, I'm a 100-year-old woman. <laughs> How are you doing, Beatrice? <laughs> I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm glad. I'm you know I've been kind of down in the dumps lately, so it's really fun to come and talk about all the worst things about humanity for an hour. Yeah, it's weird. Where <laughs> a, pretty much everything we're talking about today, almost all of it, happened in the within the last month for sure, but really yeah. even like the last week and a half. Yep. Yeah. By the way, I am Pepper Coyote. This is Last Minute Politics. We are joined today by Beatrice Poundwell, our now semi-frequent collaborator. Hello, I'm Beatrice Poundwell. Um, you can find me on the internet at nohomersclub.com. Um, we've discussed that before. You would be nohomers.net. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yes. uh, nohomers.net. <laughs> I don't even know the name of the website. <laughs> Come on, we got to get this bit correct. Yes, okay, yeah, that's right. The nohomers.net. That is if you, yeah, that is where you can find me because I got rid of Twitter. If you go to members, oh, there's notable members. Oh, if you go to members, you can I'll find be there, them under, I'll be there soon. You will see me there someday. <laughs> In newest members, you're still the top one. Oh, hold up, okay. So out of, com- out of complete uh, curiosity, let's see how the second how new the second newest member is. Yesterday, what is this like an active form? <laughs> yeah, like we got okay. We got when, <laughs> Wednesday, Monday. I'm just going back here. Monday again, like wow, there's like a dozen people. <laughs> this guy's comment is just I shot Mr. Burns. <laughs> wow, oh my god, all of these people are like within the last week, people are showing up on No Homers Club, nohomers.net. It might be. That's right. No homers.net. That's the new Twitter. Or that's that's what I'm going for. Oh my god. So how many it has a thing for most messages. How many messages do you think the number one messenger on nohomersglobe.net has sent? Oh, 
thousands, I think, easily. It is thousands. Here, here's a clue. I'll give you the second place. Second place is 36,000 messages. First place is 98,000. 164,000. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Is this like the person who started it or did they have like, what if that's all like one argument? People be, people be active on nohomers.net. So come on over. We're accepting, uh, you know, whatever you want. No misinformation. But if you, Never. if you like the, like the Simpsons past season 12, you're going to have a hard time. <laughs> I, I know we said this last time, but I've been told by at least by some Gen Z people uh, that apparently it's gotten okay in the last few. Yes, seasons. It, it has. The truth is that it has. The Simpsons is great, and it's a cultural institution. I just <laughs> want to point out that the the number one messenger, the place they say they're from, is uh, Idaho, the town of Dick Shooter. <laughs> <laughs> what? Is, okay, good. I was like, is that a Simpsons joke? <laughs> no, I do not get that joke. <laughs> Dick Shooter, I know. <laughs> wow, they're beating the global moderate. Okay, I'm getting way off topic. <laughs> Welcome to Last Minute Politics. I'm Pepper. This is Beatrice Poundwell. Yes, We're here hello. to talk about current events, and I'm here to look at it through the lens of Marxism. And when I when I and when I say Marxism, what I'm talking about is like let us look past the the motivations that are presented to us in our entirely uh, what is it capitalist controlled media and think about maybe why things are actually happening. Usually, it's for economic reasons. It's boring, but that's actually more exciting to me. I want to start out with the funniest shit I've heard in a month: the Chinese spy balloon. Oh yes, <laughs> I have got to write a song called Chinese Spy Balloon. Now. Oh that yeah that'll catch Chinese. On. Spy balloon. <laughs> I think you actually might have probably missed like the peak SEO um, value of that. Oh, it'd be better if I put it out in like a year when everyone has forgotten. Like, what the? Yes, <laughs> it's the funniest right. three words when put together. Chinese spy balloon. Because <laughs> it paints this picture of like ancient China where they're like, they've invented gunpowder. They got, they got a balloon and they all, they've, they've got all their resources together. They made a balloon and they sent it over yeah. with their great master plan of finding out the, about the weather systems of Alaska <laughs> and North Dakota, well, <laughs> rural the, Canada. Well, the first context <laughs> I heard it in was like, uh, What's taking fucking Biden so long? Why did why did it take him so long to shoot down <laughs> this, this horrible spy balloon? That that's like the context I heard about it in it for the first time. Well, to very briefly summarize, uh, there was a Chinese weather balloon that got blown off. Not blown off course. There's just like weird. Well, yeah, blown off course. There's like an unusual weather system, and it got turned a direction they didn't expect it to go. Went over the U.S. This happens all the time because balloons cannot be steered. <laughs> Really, like there's not like a thruster pack or anything on the balloon on a weather balloon. Yes, yeah, so it balloon, just they can go up, they can go down. Balloon is a very it. rudimentary flight machine. <laughs> very basic. So, so this happens all the time, and people were even trying to spin it in a weird way, where there was the. Uh, uh, was it they're like oh during Trump's administration a whole bunch of bal Chinese balloons were flying over the U.S. and he didn't even shoot them down. What a shitty president! <laughs> it's like maybe. Maybe it just like wasn't a big deal. And <laughs> so China immediately said, hey, this is not a, for military or spying purposes. This is just a balloon, a private balloon from one of our, from a company over here. But in, in, uh, in fairness, Pepper, that's what they would say if it was a spy balloon. <laughs> I have bad news for everybody or good news. Yeah, good news. We, we won't be hit by Chinese spy balloons because China has a space program and satellites. And much like we have spy satellites zipping over China pretty much all the time, they have satellites zipping over us pretty much all the time. Yep. I'm not doing this story to be like, China is virtuous and good and we love them. Because sure. China is a country, just like America is a country. Yep. <laughs> like, adding virtue to these things is weird, like trying to assign valor. It's like, I'm not going to say, oh, the Chinese spy balloon is good. Actually, I just, it's yeah. like nothing. <laughs> and I think that the uh, the motives behind making this a big story, because the news can report on whatever they want. There's shit happening every day. We're messing around in Syria. Haiti's going down. Peru. <laughs> Peru is happening where we kind of sort of kicked their president out. Now they're dealing with that. We don't talk about any of those things, but we have a lot of time to talk about a weather balloon that made, uh, I, that I guess made some people very scared. I want to read from Reuters, and this is from today. Reuters, uh, 
very much an establishment news organization. They are very much interested. They are owned and operated by billionaires, by the wealthy, by the elite class, the owning class. So the messages they put out are what like the state wants you to hear. That's why it's interesting to read from them. Beijing, February 19th, Reuters. China warned the United States on Sunday it would, quote, bear all the consequences if it escalated the controversy over a Chinese balloon that the U.S. military shot down this month. Beijing will, quote, follow through to the end in the event the U.S. insists on taking advantage of this issue. The foreign ministry said in a statement, a U.S. military jet on February 4th shot down what Washington calls a Chinese spy balloon. You, you see how they can't call it a spy balloon? Yeah. They always have to put suspected spy balloon. What they call, people are referring to the yes. balloon as a spy balloon. It's not us. We it's were told to call it a spy balloon, but we, we don't want to <laughs> be blamed for that. <laughs> you can't take back the three funniest combination of words. Uh, after a, what Washington calls a Chinese spy balloon, after it had crossed North America, Beijing says it was an errant weather monitoring craft. China's statement followed a meeting between top di diplomat Wang Yi and U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken on the sidelines of the Munich Security Conference. So what is the, why are we even talking about this? I think we're getting hyped up to go to war with China. I think they're trying to like, I mean, wow, it's stating the obvious. I think the, the, the official government mouthpiece outlets such as Reuters are very interested in stoking up just general anti-Chinese sentiment, which is really funny because remember uh, uh, like last year when there was a whole like stop Asian hate and it's like, wow, I wonder where it comes from. <laughs> why do people get freaked out and suspicious and scared of Chinese people? Where, how can we possibly? Yeah. Oh, shit, a weather balloon. The evil Chinese menace is invading ours. <laughs> like, they just jump on that shit immediately. And it's like. It's, there's got to be an enemy. There, that's, that's all it is. <laughs> I guess we are bored with Russia already. Like, we're just sliding on to China now. I think it's looking like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're bored with it. It's not getting as many clicks as it was getting two weeks ago. <laughs> and like those are conversations that are actually had for sure like yeah absolutely like spy oh the spy balloon your spy balloon tweets are are falling off <laughs> so what's the next thing <laughs> tell us about the it, i mean if you feel comfortable sure. <laughs> the the advertisement you you witnessed recently i saw an ad on the super bowl um and it was for an air conditioning company and they it, it was a really short ad because those ads cost a billion and ten dollars and it was a balloon it was a white balloon and a hand comes in and pokes it and it deflates and it, it says something like if they won't we will or something like that <laughs> and it's like a two-second ad for an hvac company for some reason evoking the chinese spy balloon and they, yeah <laughs> they would have to whip that up pretty quick because uh that's a fairly new news story, you know. Yeah, they got that. They 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 managed to capitalize on the Chinese spy balloon in time. I suppose. So part of why I'm so confident in saying this is just a weather balloon that got blown off, like China's telling the truth in this case, is that remember how like the in the next couple of days they were shooting down UFOs right in Canada. Yeah. Well, both of those turned out to be from like Illinois weather balloon hobby <laughs> organizations. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's why that quietly just kind of went away after the oh, UFOs. Just don't, just don't think about it. Hey, I've been looking for a new hobby. <laughs> Weather balloon. $12. I didn't know that. You was can get one. a Pico balloon, <laughs> a Pico balloon. I don't know. I've been seeing that word. I don't know how you say it. Pico or Pico. 12 bucks. Send it up in the air. The military will spend a million dollars. shooting it down. <laughs> that sounds like fun. That sounds more fun than puzzles. <laughs> People are going to be sticking weather balloons up there with GoPros like, yo, this is so in the, when the jet <laughs> I can get the footage. Heck yeah. That'd be awesome. That's a fun hobby. Becomes the new viral videos is try, trying to trick the U.S. government into shooting down your yeah. hobby project. <laughs> I just, to bring this serious for a sec, because we keep laughing, uh, Biden spent two million. This is this is for who is this even? I just I just saw this chart where it it just goes through. It just does a, a very brief like napkin math uh, of how much it costs to shoot down this Chinese balloon, uh, and it has a oh we we had uh, some AIM nine X. You should have gotten better AIM uh, missiles. We shot two of those. You will note that it took two missiles. Why did it take two missiles? Because the balloon is very strong. No, we fucking missed. <laughs> 
we have the most advanced air force in the entire universe that we know the entire known universe and we missed with our four hundred thousand dollar <laughs> rocket so those two cost eight hundred eighty five thousand dollars the uh, f-16 seven flight hours so the cost per hour is twenty six thousand dollars to fly that thing that's a combination of sort of like fuel and like maintenance and just keeping the ground hundred eighty thousand eighty thousand dollars for those seven hours oh yeah but sorry we couldn't send one f-16 we sent two so double that <laughs> then you got the two like surveillance crafts that are flying around the kc i don't know what any of these are kc-135 and an e3 Hopefully they release some new video games at least. I think this costs more than putting on actual E3. Yeah. <laughs> uh, seven flight hours each from them. Almost, almost certainly. <laughs> Totaling $1.9 million that uh, we spent to f- to what? what? What did we accomplish? We shot down a balloon. We got the stuff from it. And now we thoroughly know that it was not spy equipment. Because if it was Jesus H. Christ, you sure you, you think they'd be keeping that a secret? Like, oh, we'll, we'll just not tell everyone that we have conclusive proof that this was a spy balloon. <laughs> Yeah, they they could have instead just picked a random American, gave them one point nine million dollars, and said, "Go, go, shoot down the spy balloon, and then keep whatever's left afterwards." <laughs> you could have, you right? could have taken. You know the story of that guy who t- who strapped a bunch of balloons to a lawn chair and like actually took off. Yes, I'm fascinated by that. Actually, you you could have taken that guy who brought a BB gun with him to shoot the balloons in case he wanted to go down. Just send him up there with a fucking bow and arrow. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> take it out. Yeah, that cost sixty bucks. The other one, 1.8 million is his to his to keep. The other one point eight million is an advertising. Yeah, tell people about this <laughs> exactly, event. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Guess what, fuckers? I'm going up yeah. to take down the Chinese government. <laughs> I want to go to your story because I'm going to spend a lot of time on the last two. Sure, okay. <laughs> what do you got to tell us about? So my story, and uh, hold on, let me Google so I can find the article. Um, yeah, link us in the chat. Yes. Let's... By the way, friends, if you want to join us on Patreon, spend only $1. You could be uh, listening to this live, so all the stuff that we cut out, and I mean, based on what I leave in, what I cut out must be even dumber you can also be here in the chat with us, responding, sending us memes. Somebody did a little like far side, uh, one panel comic style thing of like a coyote howling at the moon, and the caption is, "You idiot! You're howling at the Chinese spy balloon." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You know that China is entirely surrounded by American military bases, so it's like, how did the fucking balloon <laughs> get past all of you? And it didn't. They say now, oh, we were tracking that from the beginning, which just makes all this panic so much, so obviously fake. This is just such phony bullshit to try and get us to go, ah, Chinese bad, to make us be, to make it serious for a second, to make us okay ideologically with violence happening to Chinese people. That's like what the point of this is, because eventually, in their fucked up minds, we're going to go to war with China, which is a fucking fantasy child toddler. (laughs) Sorry, I can't even speak. But well, that's what yeah. they're trying to soften us up to. We want to see photos of dead Chinese people and be like, well, they shouldn't have sent that balloon or whatever. Like, Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's step one uh, for sure. Uh, but there, there's, def- there's definitely – and there's people who are using it to their advantage too at the uh, State of the Union, that bitch Marjorie Green. <laughs> Oh my God! I just, did, you, did you see? Did you see our uh, proud Democratic Senator Kirsten Cinema, who was dressed as Big Bird? No, I did not see that. <laughs> She's just in a really big yellow dress. <laughs> no, I did not see that. Um, but right, but yes, okay. So I, I shared the article in the chat. So I don't know how familiar uh, you or our listeners are with uh, Delta Eight and like this. THCO and all of this stuff that's kind of been big in the last couple of years because my my primary question is if does it have anything to do with a product that was called like K3 um I think those exist from similar uh processes but I I think K3 comes from like actual cannabis 
Whereas Does it? Delta 8, and I, I could be mistaken, but this is my understanding. Delta 8 comes from hemp. Because what happened was in 2018, uh, Donald Trump signed a new farm bill that changed the way they regulate hemp, uh, which effectively um, people, some creative people interpreted that in a way that allowed them to extract THC from hemp synthetically. And it's called Delta 8. It's called THC. There's all different variants on it that are pretty much the same thing. And it's kind of like weed light like or like diet weed, sort of. <laughs> and stores have been selling it um, for two years. Um, there's, you know, businesses that have started that are all about it. And you can buy it at gas stations. Uh, but three days ago, <laughs> um, three days ago, the DEA said they're going to start enforcing it. Um, it's no longer under the the farm bill because it's synthetic uh so it's not actually hemp is the argument being made um but so yeah it's this thing that people have been using safely for two years that you know just like a lot of people kind of saw this as the backdoor way of legalizing weed because it was like effectively legal for uh in a lot of ways like it's not exactly the same but it's effectively was legal for like the past two years and uh so now the dea saying party over the paragraph i'm looking at yes is where it says dea sent a response on february 13th highlighting that delta 8 9 and thco do not occur naturally in the cannabis plant and can be only obtained synthetically therefore do not fall under the definition of hemp and my the reason I was like I'm I'm very I'm, I'm I lean f- for, towards legalization of things rather than uh, keeping them controlled substances. Sure, not necessarily for medical for like because of my medical opinions, but because uh, I know how like the prison industrial complex is used. They make these substances illegal partially so they can have uh, a, a fresh supply of bodies yes. to work for free while they are uh, incarcerated. When there's so, a pro- when there's a product that like everybody uses but you can decide which ones you're going to prosecute uh yeah that gives you the upper hand basically just like with news how they choose what they report what they don't there is tons of crimes uh there is ton of there is a ton of crime happening around the united states like at all times and they can choose what who to go after like if they actually went after business people, there are crimes happening constantly. Yeah. There are many crimes they could be uh, prosecuting. They could be doing this shit in affluent neighborhoods and catching all the drug people. But no, they they decide like where selectively they enforce these laws. K three, uh, which I know is not exactly this, but maybe like it, it was another thing where it was weed, but not weed, so you could yeah. buy it legally or probably still can. And what, as I understood it, they would continually change the formula so it would stop being technically illegal. Like, no, no, new drug. Sorry, this one's not illegal. This one's different. It's a different formula. And there was at least one instance in uh, Connecticut of like, geez, dozens. I'm pretty sure of college kids all going to the hospital like in the same day because they were all doing K3 and it, wow, they were essentially smoking formaldehyde. Yeah, and uh, not good. Yeah. I mean, with any substance, you know, there's going to be shit that happens <laughs> with any substance. But this is seriously, it's diet weed. It's like, it's like green tea at the end of the day. It's, it's nothing. What I would prefer, what I would like would be for our, the most, pro- the most progressive president of all time to deschedule cannabis. Yeah. And, like at least, yeah. I'm not even thing. saying so like this make is it... D. This is his D DEA, right? Yes. Making this decision, which seems counter to my understanding of what you'd think. You could have predicted this when, at the very beginning of his uh, his term, he asked all his employees who smokes weed, and anybody who said me was immediately fired. Really? <laughs> I did not yeah. know that. Yeah, that just happened. He just like asked people to volunteer whether or not they do weed, and if they said yes, they were just out. What a square! And <laughs> does not seem like the behavior of a guy who is trying to get people out of jail. Oh yeah, remember when he was like, "I'm going to release all federally can all federal prisoners who are there only for simple possession." If you would like to guess 
the number of people uh, who have actually been released, you can find it in the story you're talking about. It's a THC zero. Yeah. <laughs> zero people have been released <sighs> from jail. But he got to do a thing and everyone got to do a headline about how Biden is cool. Yeah. And just remember all this shit when in another year we're told that if we don't vote for Biden, we have to vote for him because that's how you get legalized cannabis and $15 an hour minimum wage and environmental protections. You know, all the things that he could have been doing for the last two years. But, and but just the other not. guy is also bad, though. <laughs> we don't even know who he is yet, but we know that's what they're going to say. No, well, I'm saying it. <laughs> like, well, like yeah, he's definitely bad. Wrong. <laughs> Whoever he is, he's bad, I'm telling you. Or she, unlikely. But, yeah. oh, if it's she, At the, end of the, uh, day, the, tr- the women that it could be. Oh. I, I feel like they were going to run. Remember how Biden was talking about it? like, I'm really old, so I'm just going to do this one term, and I'm going to get out of there. Yeah, I, gonna... I, yeah, I never believed that for two seconds. <laughs> Good. I'm going to stop being president. Who? <laughs> I'm going to voluntarily stop being president. Nobody says that. You've been alive long enough to remember anything. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's what leads you to this to this yeah. conclusion. Feels like they were trying to slide in Kamala Harris for a bit. I don't that that plan seems to be gone now. But Her really, popularity is at an all-time low. Biden is way old. If you saw the State of the Union, like he's yes. really old. Like <laughs> like my very old. like my grandparents are that old and like we drive them to the store, you know, like we do their laundry for them. <laughs> he is a very effective agent of the owning class and continues to push toward push forward their agenda effectively. Yeah. So why would they want to swap him out yeah. with anybody? And <laughs> so that actually brings me to uh, my, uh, oh, I could, I was going to say, oh, I'll do this one first. I could do literally either of these and it would make that same point about how Biden, uh, of course, uh, the reason that he is the president is because he was the candidate who they thought would best support the interest of the owning class, which is why they rearranged the entire primary to make sure that this middle-of-the-road centrist Bernie Sanders, the scariest guy, oh my God, make sure he we wouldn't even have the option to vote for him. Whoever's uh, the president the next time around is going to be the same story, whether, they're, whether they wear <laughs> a red shirt or a blue one. So I'm going to, yeah, we'll, we'll do this one because it seems more, more prescient. The Ohio train derailment, <laughs> East Palestine, Ohio. Uh, so, the weirdest thing I've, the weirdest take I've seen on this, there was a, there was a big, there was a derailment in Ohio, which then led to an explosion of various train cars carrying extremely noxious chemicals that, like, according to people who know more about these chemicals than I do, are going to stick around in the environment for a very long time. I hear the phrase bioaccumulator getting thrown around, kind of like, you know, with mercury. They're like, oh, don't eat tuna because fish, mercury bioaccumulates. So if (laughs) this fish eats a bunch of smaller fish that all have a little bit of mercury in them, then that fish has a bunch of mercury in it. Then a bigger fish eats that. You're basically eating entirely mercury by that point, like, you know, bioaccumulation. Yeah. Apparently that's going to be happening with these chemicals also. That sounds unpleasant. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So the weirdest spin I've seen on this is that, oh, there was a train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, where gigantic fireball explosion of deadly chemicals went off. And this is Trump's fault. <laughs> I don't know if you remember two months ago, but Biden was uh, f- uh, breaking a strike where the railroad workers wanted sick days and safety, right? Re- like safety regulations were also in their demands. It's just like not super sexy to be talking about. Like we need to add electronic braking systems to our locomotives. Yeah, like, Trump. Trump, Trump did what Republicans do, and he took away um, restrictions on the railroad companies, which is bad. So Obama, and this is where like tried does a lot of work. Sure, Obama was trying to push through. Like mandatory electronic braking systems on all of our, all trains. Because yeah. right now we have the same braking systems they had in like 1930. Like some of these cars are literally like from there. They've been fixing them up a bit, but they're essentially World War II era uh, freight trains. Sure. And they, they one at a time, just you, you pull a lever <laughs> like you're in a fucking Acme cartoon and then chung, 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 like one car at a time, break, 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 break. And they all, and it takes a really, really long time for them to stop. Yeah. And it leads to more derailments. Electronic braking systems would be like, all brakes instantly, boom, happened. Like, oh shit, something happened yeah. 10 miles down the track you don't even know about. Electronic brake, boom, done. Like, it wouldn't stop all disasters, all derailments, but it would, it probably would have stopped this one. I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty. but hey. I wonder how much it would cost compared to the missiles. 
<laughs> how many uh, how many missiles would we have to, to like, sacrifice? This is like Minecraft. <laughs> yeah, this is like Minecraft. You can just turn all resources back into other resources. Oh yeah, that's right. Many, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> like thirty missiles, missiles equals to... what? Ten breaks? I don't know. How many sets of breaks <laughs> for how many cars? How many do we need? <laughs> so. Biden broke a rail strike that was asking for safety regulations. Before that, Trump took away some safety regulations because, dude, it's not Trump is not actually this drain the swamp counterculture guy who wants to go against the interest of the owning class. Yeah. He just happens to serve a different section of the owning class where they kind of disagree on. Like he seems to represent like the old school owning class. They're like yeah. trying to bring back child labor and like deregulation and bring back people losing their arms in factories. <laughs> yeah, bring us back to 1918. Sure, to- where Biden is like more the the like technocrat version where it's like increasing surveillance and now we'll just get everyone to live in a little box where they they work for us and get paid less and less and less. Eh, So big train derailment. Doesn't sound so bad. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if, if the box was like free, if if we were guaranteed that box, that would actually, like, is there Netflix? (laughs) Is there Hulu? Like, do I receive Amazon prime? Yeah. (laughs) And exchange. I could be talked into So the headline here, this is from The Guardian. I try to keep my sources diverse. (laughs) Uh, People in East Palestine demand answers from Norfolk Southern Railroad. Part of the reason that this is not getting covered in big media things is Norfolk Norfolk Southern, you probably haven't heard of that company. They own a giant chunk of most media. (laughs) Like they are so enormous (laughs) of a like pool of capital that it kind of can't be overstated how powerful uh, Norfolk, the railroad, that railroad company is like them. You'll hear they're in conversations uh, like BlackRock, <laughs> humongous pools of finance capital, the people who actually control how our, our world goes, the direction that our world goes in. And the headline here is trust the government quote EPA seeks to reassure Ohio residents near toxic spill. And to head this Norfolk Southern paid out, uh, I think it was $25,000 total to uh east palestine that that's which is five dollars per person that seems low (laughs) the head of the u.s the epa uh got a first-hand look on thursday at the toll left by a freight train derailment in ohio where toxic chemicals spilled or were burned off leaving the stench of fresh paint nearly two weeks later the epa's administrator michael reagan walked along a creek that still reeks of chemicals and sought to reassure skeptical residents that the water was fit for drinking and the air safe to breathe around East Palestine, where just less than 5,000 people live near the Pennsylvania state line. This hits close to me because that's where my parents are, and that's uh, sort of close to you. Yeah. You may or may not get the noxious cloud. Yes, that hits close to me as well. Um, but I will say, here's my knee-jerk reaction to this. Because, yes, I know Ohio, and Ohio fucking sucks, right? Like, it's the worst place. That's my opinion. <laughs> and and uh, these people voted to deregulate all the shit, right? So, and people, my knee-jerk reaction to this is, yep, they deserved it. Those, you know, they've voted f- to deregulate everything with their smooth brain. <laughs> but I know that is a wrong way to think. You know? It is a collaborative process from Clinton to Obama yes. to Trump to Biden that this keeps marching along. But my first it does thought not is seem to matter who's dumbasses, fuck you. You you shit your bed, you know? <laughs> Breathe the noxious fumes that you earned. But of course, that's bad. I shouldn't think that way, and it's not helpful. But you know, I would be very curious to find out if you if there was some a vote or democratic decision that the the stakeholders were allowed to take part in and stakeholders in this case would be railroad workers, <laughs> not the railroad bosses, yeah. they would be excluded and then people who live along the railroad. If you asked them to vote on whether or not Braking systems uh, should be braking systems that are less than 100 years old should be installed on all of the trains going through their towns. I would be shocked if they said, nah. Yes, yes, I <laughs> nah, agree with it. you. You're right. If it was, you're right. If it was sold to them that way, <laughs> of course they would. Of course. This leads into the whole. 
who happens to live like East Palestine, Ohio is not a bustling rich town full of rich people. People who live along railroad tracks are usually the, like the poorest of the poor. Sure. My dad was talking about how he, he and uh, geez, Gerard, yeah. <laughs> uh, New York. Yeah. Gerard, like right where the Ohio PA, New York state, the little tri-state area thing. Like he's like, yeah, I live between two railroad tracks. And they know that these that these spills and disasters they happen semi regularly. I mean, there was one in Detroit two days ago. Uh, there was a Chicago factor factory that was that's on fire right now. <laughs> yeah, it's the Rust Belt. You know, they got everything they could get out of it, like back in the forties, <laughs> and now they just leave us all to drink poison. <laughs> yeah, because it became cheaper to <laughs> to move your entire business to a different country than to continue keeping. I don't know, Cleveland and Pittsburgh yeah. going. <laughs> For sure. It's extremely frustrating that stories like this are, uh, I, I don't know if this particular one is why the Chinese spy balloon needed to take up all of our attention, but it the, the timing is pretty convenient. And the fact that not a lot of major reports, it kind of is now because yes. so many people like us keep talking about it, like, sure is weird, no one's talking about I think the takeaway because- from that, I think the take, because it did... The the train derailed two like three weeks before most people knew about it. The takeaway from that is that <laughs> the word of mouth works. It's slower, but it does work. So if you just think it makes shout about if you shout about stuff often enough, you'll force the media to have to talk about it. Right? Is that hope? Is that too hopeful? I mean, the fact that I I think. <sighs> Not not I think that if this happened pre-internet, yeah, we just wouldn't hear about it because big industrial disasters like this happened all the time back in the day, just like they do now. Except now, people hear about them basically instantly. Yeah, where the communication methods have advanced, where it's really hard to hide stuff. But this, much like the Chinese five one, it just seems to be almost cultivated in a way that will just lead to that will lead to conspiracy theories because you get no information. So it's like, all right, everybody, have fun with this. Pick your, whatever your ideology is, wrap it around this story, and figure out a way that makes sense to you. Yeah, because they can't just be honest with us and say, yeah, man, we we run uh, really messed up chemicals. Uh, we're, we're like dancing with the devil at all times. We're tightrope walking with safety regulations, and any of your towns could just blow up at any time, and we don't care. And there is no leverage you have to force us to change things. We just saw that the railroad workers themselves wanted to go on strike. And Biden said, no, if you go on strike and don't accept this deal, you're going to go to jail. A rule that came into being right around the last time our brakes were changed on our uh, train cars, it turns out. Like around like the 1930s. Yeah. Because they <laughs> Norfolk Southern cannot accept Somebody made the point, like the sarcastic point where it's like, man, good thing he broke that rail strike and uh, this big explosion happens. Like if, if he hadn't broken that strike, there mo- there might have been some kind of disruption to the rail system. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's almost funny, but it's mostly infuriating. <laughs> we can't go on strikes. It'll paralyze the rail network. So we don't go on. St- well, we don't go on strike because your strike is declared illegal and, you're, and people aren't going to go to jail over this stuff. So we have a giant chemical explosion <laughs> that probably kept them from sending trains down that track for a bit. Yes, yep, it probably probably did. That's why it's ta- that's why it's taking me three days to get the T-shirt I ordered from Amazon instead of <laughs> <laughs> instead of two. It took me three days to get the chemicals I ordered. <laughs> <laughs> Where the fuck is my where, vinyl methachloride? I don't remember yeah, it. Is. Where's my the poison? The vinyl was in there. Where's my poison? I ordered it six weeks ago. All right. Let me, th- a little bit more from this article, and then I'll move to our last story. Uh, they had a, a couple, they had a town hall. Those attending the previous night's informational session had questions about health hazards and demanded more transparency from Norfolk Southern. Whose, rep- whose representatives did not attend, citing concerns about staff safety. Yeah, because they would have fucking strangled you and you would have deserved it. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't advocate for killing I saw videos people. of that, and yeah, they were pissed off with those yeah. people whose town was exploded by a train company. They were angry. 
this this shit just is like a nineties a movie yeah. where like they would put up a projector screen with a face like sorry we blew up your town, and then people are just like throwing drinks at the screen You're right. and like that's it. They're not gonna actually show up. <laughs> it is like that. Some booed or laughed each time they heard the village mayor or state, it's a village, it's small enough that it's like legally classified as a village, I think, or state health director assure them that lingering odors weren't dangerous. Good, that's their action show. They just dance around the question. Lingering odors aren't dangerous. <laughs> oh boy. That's what, that's what I say about my bathroom. Uh. They just danced around the questions a lot, said Daniel Deal, who lives a few miles from the derailment site. Norfolk needed to be here. At least five lawsuits have been filed against the railroad, which announced this week it's creating a million-dollar fund to help the community while continuing to remove spilled contaminants from the ground streams and monitoring air quality. So hopefully when your kid grows up and whatever health issues <laughs> uh, result from it, that million dollars will cover that whole town's like ongoing healthcare nonsense. <sighs> yeah, not quite. They're like, what's the biggest number that will like shut up these, these hicks, or what's the lowest number that will shut up these hicks? Oh, they see a million dollars and they shit their pants. That's what they think. That's how they see these people. They are creating that fund too. So, like, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, they're asking for. A, did they set up a GoFundMe with a million dollar goal? Yeah, or did they yeah. Just... That's right. I created a fund too. I got a cardboard box and I wrote on it, <laughs> "Vacation Fund." Money, please. <laughs> All right, the fund exists. Yeah. All right, anything else before I go to my last uh, last story that, man, it's just right there, and I still feel weird even talking about it. Like, I feel like I'm, as soon as I start talking about it, I'm going like, to get in trouble. Like, someone's going to come in the window, like, shut up. <laughs> Well, you go, go ahead and talk about it. Um, I just, go ahead. <laughs> All right. So this is by, uh, just to set up who I'm reading here, because this isn't just some like random fucker <laughs> that wrote a thing. This isn't like, he's, he's already getting called. <laughs> it's like a meme now where whenever somebody who's an established person says something true that is inconvenient for the general media narrative, you look at their Wikipedia page and see how fast they either the word like conspiracy theorist or like white supremacist or something gets added to their Wikipedia page. And holy shit, it was with less than an hour with this guy. Yeah, well, so <laughs> so I don't have a lot of opinions on this. I read it. It looks conspiracy theory-esque to me. The only reason that this should be taken with more weight than just some random person doing it, because like a lot of this is information we kind of like have, and you could just connect these dots on your own. Uh, Seymour Hirsch uh, originally became fa famous, uh, no notorious, respected as a journalist uh, when he he broke the story on the My Lai massacre in Vietnam, which is where U.S. troops were massacring people. Yeah. Uh, won a Pulitzer for that. Then he also exposed Abu Ghraib, which many more of us are going to be familiar with. Sure. Remember, like the the pyramid of naked dudes with bags on their heads, where we were torturing people in uh, Iraq. Uh, he broke that story. Yeah, I have a poster of it in my bathroom. <laughs> it helps me meditate every every morning. I get up, look at that weird smiling lady who has a leash on a guy. <laughs> yes, I remember it Sorry. well. We do not find these atrocities funny, no. but the idea that you would have a poster of it in your house is kind of funny. yes. I don't know. I'm sorry. Gallows humor. Gallows humor. <laughs> So this is that guy, and the fact that he's that people are running around trying to say, "Oh, he's full of shit." What else would you say? <laughs> like, remember when the Abu Ghraib story broke? Like, this is this is fake. Sure. And then it gradually becomes like, "Nah, that's well, that's just." Well, what, what it happened. is is I. So I'm not educated enough about the area, and it it is information that changes like my thought paradigm to where I'm like, I'm not gonna believe this until I know more stuff. We are the most propagandized nation on the earth. Sure. So the headline of this is Seymour Hirsch. How America took out the Nord Stream pipeline. Remember that shit? The New York Times called it a, quote, mystery, but the United States executed a covert sea operation that was kept secret until now. I'm just going to read the first couple of this. This is, by the way, f f like, it's up online for free. 
it's ju- it's published on his Substack, which is self-published because no, it's funny because he's like worked for the New York Times yeah. <laughs> and stuff, but none of these billionaire-owned media because they are funded a lot by the military-industrial complex, like the same people who uh, own a bunch of stock in Raytheon and Lockheed Martin also happen to own our major news outlets, or at the very least, their interests align with them, so they're not going to like piss them off. The U.S. Navy's Diving and Salvage Center can be found in a location as obscure as its name, down what was once a country lane in rural Panama City, a now booming resort city in the southwestern panhandle of Florida, 70 miles south of the Alabama border. The center's complex is as nondescript as its location, a drab concrete post-World War II structure that has the look of a vocational high school on the west side of Chicago. A coin-operated laundromat and a dance school are across what is now a four-lane road. The center has been training highly skilled deepwater divers for decades, who, once assigned to American military units worldwide, are capable of technical diving to do the good, using C4 explosives to clear harbors and beaches of debris and unexploded ordnance, as well as the bad, like blowing up foreign oil rigs, fouling intake valves for undersea power plants, destroying locks on crucial shipping canals. The Panama City Center which boasts the second largest indoor pool in America, I want to go to the second largest indoor pool in America, was the perfect place to recruit the best and most taciturn graduates of the diving school who successfully did last summer what they had been authorized to do 260 feet under the surface of the Baltic Sea. Last June, the Navy divers, operating under the cover of a widely publicized midsummer NATO exercise known as Baltops 2, B-A-L-T-O-P-S 22, planted the remote triggered explosives that, three months later, destroyed three of the four Nord Stream pipelines, according to a source with direct knowledge of the operational planning. Two of the pipelines, which were known collectively as Nord Stream 1, had been uh, providing Germany and much of Western Europe with cheap Russian natural gas for more than a decade. A second pair of pipelines, called Nord Stream 2, had been built, but were not yet operational. Now, with Russian troops massing on the Ukrainian border and the bloodiest war in Europe since 1945 looming, President Joseph Biden saw the pipeline as a vehicle for Vladimir Putin to weaponize natural gas for his political and territorial ambitions. So, Seymour Hirsch, investigative journalist, the same guy who broke the Mile High Massacre, Abu Ghraib, now says that the same kind of sources that he used to break those stories, the people he knows on the inside, told him all about this shit. (laughs) It's not, which is not to even mention the clip you can find of Biden where he's like, oh, if Russia does shit, the, there, we will bring an end to Nord Stream 2, I think is the sentence he says. And then the reporter asks him, like, well, how will you do that? Like, that's con- it's a Germany-Russia thing. What are you going to do? And he's like, we will do it. And that's it. <laughs> and then all of the various celebratory, like, oh, we're so happy that Nord Stream 2 is gone. Like, from from major U.S. operatives, people deep in the government, the kind of people who probably okayed this operation. Why do I care? Do I care because it hurts Russia? No, <laughs> I care because it's an act of war. <laughs> like, if you, imagine if somebody blew up on if it, just like went to North Dakota and fucking blew up a pipeline. Like, so holy shit! So the, we would nuke everyone. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, so it's important. The next uh, paragraph is the White House denying it and the CIA denying it. Yes. So yeah, which you know, <laughs> I guess I know those people lie, but that. They said it didn't happen. But yes, that those people do lie. I almost wish they would just like own it because I think a huge chunk of America, of the American populace, if, like if they spin it right, like they fucking spin everything, sure. would be like, yeah, we blew it up. What? Yeah, <laughs> like, that would be just, great. And that's, that's what people, it, that's what some people liked about Trump, but he was not good at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that would be great. <laughs> Please read the rest of our article uh, on your own if you have any, whether or not you have doubts. I mean, like, read the thing. Yeah. Please don't just take my word for, uh, <laughs> please don't just take my word for stuff. The- I am a guy who goes online and looks at things. I have no journalistic background. Yes. <laughs> I have no sources. Well, and very interesting about this one is that it's uh, talking about this facility in Panama City, which, um, you know, I've been for spring break. Um you you've been on spring break like to somewhere <laughs> yeah 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 my spring break was like 
All right, we got a marching band show this weekend. Let's fucking do a keg stand. All right, spring break over. <laughs> that sounds way better than my spring break in fucking Panama City, Florida. Uh, for did you get trained how to deep sea dive and plant explosives? Mm, no, for one, for one, my school's spring break is in February, so <laughs> so it kind of sucked. It was cold. <laughs> Uh, I've got I've got stories, but uh, this is this the spring break story podcast? <laughs> well, I kind of do want to hear it, but <laughs> no, I've got uh, all kinds of stories. It was a horrible time, um, but uh, no, there was a girl that like she, she wanted to go skinny dipping really badly. Like it's she wouldn't shut the fuck up about it, and then so we <laughs> so then we all went skinny dipping in the ocean, and then we went skinny dipping in the pool. And a guy came and yelled at us, and she's like, "What? What? We're <laughs> naked? What?" And we're like, "Come on, what?" <laughs> but anyway, that's that's the kind of the whole story. It's not great. See, I wish that was the attitude that the United States would take with this pipeline. <laughs> yeah, we blew it up. What? Because <laughs> fundamentally, this starts begging the question of: Is the United States the only? A country in the world who is just allowed to do whatever we want at any time, regardless of the consequences. Because that's what it seems to be. We do whatever the fuck we want, whenever we want, and we have like subservient. And it's not even like it's the United States specifically. It's the owning class of the United that uh, uses the United States as its like military wing. It's a combination of the ruling classes of basically all the, the NATO members. It's still Britain. It's still just the British crown. Like the shit we fought a revolution over. <laughs> the same owning class. We just happen to be like the muscle. That's what the United States is. Because make no mistake, if the United States decided they were just done not doing this stuff anymore, they would just shift this. It'd be like, all right, Britain's doing it again, or Germany's doing it again. We're gonna move all these tanks to this country. And they all do it. Like, yeah. this stuff is getting done because it aligns with and protects the interest of an owning class, of our owning, which happens to be capitalists at this time. Yeah. Why do they want to blow up this pipeline? Because the United States and NATO are extremely invested desperately, because it would it'd be really, really bad for them, in preserving the petrodollar. What is the petrodollar? It's that all petro sales must, oil, oil sales, uh, if you're partners with the U.S., must be done in U.S. dollars. That is what eventually made the United States dollar the reserve currency of the world. You'll hear people use that phrase. That's because if they want to buy oil, they have to do it in U.S. dollars. So they have to keep a stockpile of U.S. dollars to then buy oil with. <laughs> if instead you were doing these transactions in other currencies... Like, does it become clear how that would uh, reduce the power and influence of the United States if it wasn't in their currency? That's why, like, doing transact. That's why when Russia was like, "We will now only do transaction in rubles," <laughs> fuck you. Like that was that really made a lot. Yeah. That made a lot of uh, business interest owners very very mad. <laughs> Europe this year kind of I don't want to say lucked out, but it, it's been a relatively mild winter. But like, what this means for everyday people living in Europe is that like German gas prices just went really really high and ironic ironically I don't know, it predictably it means that instead of buying uh, natural gas directly from russia like they were for a while they now buy natural gas from china who buys it from russia <laughs> like the, hooray we're we're helping freedom by just like adding a middleman <laughs> to these transactions and the end result is that average german working people are like wow why is my heating bill so fucking high <laughs> yeah I'm talking about this because nobody's talking about it. I have no conclusions to draw. I am against this. I'm against the idea, whether it is or not, I can, as a, as a general rule, I am against the United States government blowing up uh, other countries' infrastructure. <laughs> yes. Uh, for the record, I am also against that. <laughs> seems not good. Seems like a thing we should not I, be doing. I'd even go as far to say I would prefer if the U.S. government didn't blow anything up. Ideally, maybe, you know, a dozen things a year, let's say. <laughs> we have to limit it and like fireworks count. So yeah, exactly. We have to yeah. decide how much do we want a fun 4th of July and New Year's. <laughs> exactly. A dozen, a dozen explosions per year. Uh, yeah, I, that's reasonable, I think. We can even count the whole firework thing as one. Sure, like, yeah. That's the whole yeah. display. That's fair. That's we're fun. we're not crit. We you know we'll meet you halfway. <laughs> we're reasonable. Yeah, we're reasonable. <laughs> so yeah, the thing that we all knew immediately, if you in any way pay attention, uh, 
has a, a, a lot more weight behind it now. And if there is a future where more compelling evidence is presented that somebody else blew up the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, I will definitely consider it. I'm not just going to plug my ears and go, la la la, I can't hear you. I'm sticking to my narrative no matter what, because that's not my goal here. Right now, this is what we have. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> from a guy who has a lot of credibility over a lot of decades. And the thing that makes it even more suspicious is how ignored it has been. Why is this not a freaking story? Even if you're just talking about like uh, you were from a clicks perspective, this story would make a ton of clicks. Yeah. People would watch the shit out of this. That's true. That would. Yep. Well, you don't even have them making fun of him. They aren't even like this idiot says, but because they don't like that, I guess is too risky that you could even put that idea in people's. Well, if the East Palestine thing uh, could teach us anything, it's that if this is true, if it if the facts follow it, what we should eventually know. Right. Because he's he's poked the hole now. Right. We will eventually know. And I hope that when, when we do eventually know for sure yeah. that we haven't just gotten our attitude down to what I was joking about. Yeah, we did blow it up. What are you going to fucking do about sure. it? Because that's the U.S. foreign policy is, yeah, we did it. What are you going to do about it? And finally, because of like these threats to the petrodollar, other countries have something to say to that. They're like, well, this is what we're going to do about it. Yeah. Uh, final thing, BRICS, B-R-I-C-A-B-R-I-C-S, which stands for, geez, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. Boom, got him. Uh, <laughs> it, it is, it is an international collaborative like financing thing, where instead of going, instead of having the only option for if your country wants to build some infrastructure or do some loans to be, to engage with the petrodollar and get an IMF international monetary fund loan, which is going to be in us dollars. Uh, BRICS is like, now nah, we'll fund your shit. We are, we are an alternative huh. it, a financial collaboration between all of those countries. And it keeps gaining members. Interesting. Those countries again, it's exciting. It's probably not good for uh, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South America. Not South America. <laughs> my favorite country, South America. South Africa. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. But right now, Saudi Arabia is considering, and that would be something. <laughs> talk about the petrodollar. Saudi Arabia, like we talk about all these, like, oh, the prince and the blah, bad leadership. Saudi Why are they allowed to stay in charge? Well, they're the they're nice to the U.S. They do con, they do deals that are conducive to us. We leave them alone. We don't really give a shit about the human rights violations happening in Saudi Arabia because they are nice to us. That seems to be the only rule. <laughs> we care about somebody's like transgressions if they economically are against us or like competing with us. But if they're seen as friendly, as basically a middleman market like puppet state that will just oh yeah do your deals with the United States. Hey, uh, they we don't seem to give a shit. Nobody cares about Turkmenistan, but everybody cares about North Korea. Yeah, that's true of me. <laughs> <laughs> Turkmenistan is another country. It's a dictatorship. All kinds of fucked up shit happens there. U.S. does not care because they are friend. The, the government, the ruling, the owning class of that country is friendly with our owning class, so it's fine. Nothing to I can, see here. I can only <laughs> care about so many things, Pepper. <laughs> I know. I have a limited amount of things to care about. We'll change the name to the, the Caring Podcast. <laughs> Here's a whole bunch of shit you could care about. <laughs> and my gastrointestinal tract is way too many of the things that I care about on the list. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's, the, that's, that's my hope, is that we can have a world where more people are allowed to just worry about their own nonsense. Yeah. We, should, we shouldn't have... <laughs> <laughs> to be worrying about like well one fake worries like the Chinese spy balloon which is just entirely like fraudulent made up for us to like ritualistically yell about while ignoring shit in Ohio we shouldn't have to worry about Ohio train derailments because we should because like that shit's been solved the only thing missing is money and will well, we know how to prevent train derailments we just aren't doing well, it well you don't have you Pepper don't have to worry about it if you don't want to <laughs> there's I guess you're there's correct. plenty of there's plenty of people that don't worry about it I think it's good that we do but maybe not for our own mental health but I think it's good to care about things that are happening but you can choose not to I worry because my parents yes like my parents live back in that area I have vested interest in caring about that. Yes. Just like 
I have vested interest in like not having a not provoking a nuclear war. Yes, because that would affect me. Yes, <laughs> we all have vested interest, and it's because we take more than one second to think about the world around us <laughs> that we realize. Yes, if things are better for everyone, they're better for us. That's the lesson we should all take today. <laughs> take more than one second <laughs> to think about the things. Exactly. Yeah. Just you. more than one second. Yeah. Like, even two, that's enough. Or, Just more than or one. Or how about this? Have two thoughts about it. Your first thought, and then think a thought about your first thought. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this has been our time. Uh, thank you very much for listening to Last Minute Politics. We will have more uncomfortable shit to talk about in another couple of weeks. <laughs> I've been Pepper Coyote. I've been Beatrice Poundwell. Goodbye. Goodbye.